Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week. Uh, summer is here. It is in full force and effect. Got a lot of exciting stuff coming up here, and I just am very, very curious to hear your thoughts on a black metal classic going back now almost 26 years. But before we talk about some Emperor, Chris, my friend, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, doing good. Um, looking forward to uh, discussing this album with you because I have a lot of questions. So uh. <laughs> I don't see you wearing corpse paint, so I'm a little disappointed. I'm going to put that out there up front. I'm assuming it didn't grab you as much as maybe the Dissection album did, uh, you know, over a year ago now. But we'll we'll get to that and more. Um, just if I had bla- if I had black and white face paint around, I'd sooner dress up as one of the members of kiss or possibly <laughs> demolition. So <laughs> I, I like it. I do. Um, I, I've got, I've got, not only do I want to hear what you have to say, not only do I want to answer your questions, but I've got questions plenty for you this week. But before we get there, I know that you've been listening to some other stuff too. What, what, what have you, what have you been checking out recently? Uh, I just, I've been doing a little bit better catching up on some of the stuff that's come out so far this year. Um, uh, let's see, going down the, the, the list here. Um, uh, I recently listened to, uh, I won't mention everything, but I'll just point out some of the stuff that I really liked. Uh, I finally got to listen to the entire, uh, dark side of the moon. No, not the pink Floyd album, but the band, the dark side of the moon, uh, their album metamorphosis, uh, has, Melissa Bonnie on vocals. Uh, we'll be mentioning her again before the end of this episode. But um, I enjoyed this a lot. It, it was kind of like, it reminded me of a more symphonic ad, ad infinitum with less screaminess to it. It, it was just uh, kind of just a really enjoyable and easy listen. And I, I mentioned it, the, the track came out at least a year ago, but um, every time I hear it, I just get a kick out of it. But the May It Be duet with Charlotte Wessels, I just, they, their two voices together are so cool. Um, and that's just a really enjoyable tune. So um, that was one that I, I finally got a chance to listen to. A lot um, of covers on that. I was surprised. I, I guess when I, when it came out, I didn't realize that it was really in many ways a tribute to a lot of other things, but uh, you know, yeah, I think it's a lot a lot of like fantasy stuff. Like I think um uh, there's some like I, I don't know if there's like Lord of the Rings connections or Harry, I don't know if there's any Harry Potter. Yeah, there's a Harry um, Potter track. I my got to be honest, my daughter is reading the books and I was in the car and I had the album on and she's like this is from Harry Potter and I didn't even realize because I wasn't a I read the books. I didn't watch all the movies and she's like freaking out. And I'm like, I don't even understand what's happening right now, but she picked up on it right away. So they must, must've been a nice tribute. And there's other fantasy movies in there as well, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It was, it's really just a really cool, easy listen. I enjoyed that a lot. I also listened to um, against myself's tides of insanity album that came out in uh, May. Um, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Just really solid symphonic metal uh, with a female vocalist. Um, Really good stuff. Uh, I like that one. Um, I also listened to um, the the new Burning Witches album, The Dark Tower, today. And, uh, man, I got to say, um, I, on the tip of my tongue, you know what? I had her name in my head um, literally all day today. And now that we're talking, I'm forgetting it. So uh, I will 
look it up really quick so not to do uh oh yes laura laura goldemond she's the lead singer for burning witches she's like to me the second coming of doro pesh like her vocals huh. are so are so they're so good like that raspy just ass kicking kind of vocal um the band itself i think is solid like nothing really blows me away but it's just a really enjoyable like traditional heavy metal style album with really killer vocals and um two great covers at the end uh shot in the dark which is one of my favorite ozzy songs and a song that i would not know if it were not for this podcast uh i want to be somebody by wasp so uh i when it came on i was like why do i know this song and sure enough that's that was why. So Go back um, into the uh, into the archives, you can listen to to the original. But that is pretty funny. Um, I remember listening to that album. I, it didn't really grab me, but I found it to be just a very easy listen. Like it was not, it wasn't abrasive. It was just you know something that you could easily put on and not really think twice. Yeah, I I, I just find I've always liked them just as like a really solid, uh, just a solid band, and I'd love to see them live sometime. They they do tour quite a bit, and they they have played in rochester and i just have not had a chance to uh see them i think last year they toured with the iron maiden so two all female bands touring together which is i think is really cool um and i guess one other album i'll mention is uh, i listened to jason bieler and the baron von bielski uh orchestra uh their new album or his new album whatever you want to call it postcards from the asylum and this was like just surprisingly enjoyable for me just because it's like it's all over the place. Um, there, there's so many different like styles in here. Um, I, I can't remember if I had mentioned it before because I think this was the second time I listened to it, but I didn't really give the first album as much of a listen as I probably should have. But I, I really thought this was kind of a fun album and a really enjoyable listen. So uh, I still have a bit more to get through. I listened. I've heard the new Foo Fighters album and I've heard the RN Supersonic Revolution album like in the background while talking and stuff. So I didn't really get to listen to them as deeply as I'd like to. So still a bit more to get through, but I'm making my, uh, making my way through. And that was some of the stuff that, that stuck out. I will say the, um, the new Elven King album was a bit disappointing. I just thought it was rather forgettable and I was expecting more. Um, I listened to it twice now and, uh, I was just kind of mad on it. I'm curious what, um, other people, think but I, I don't recall seeing anybody really say anything good or bad about it it was almost um like they had to come out with something so they just kind of threw something down it seemed a little a little uninspired compared to some of their older material at least for me um i had a similar experience with the new fifth angel album they've completely changed direction and they've gone like straight up power metal and i loved i remember raving on the podcast about their first single which i just thought was a phenomenal song Unfortunately, I don't think the rest of the album really led up or kind of met the rest of those expectations. So it was, again, I was not a bad listen by any means, but I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy it. Um, but there was an album that just came to my attention, which literally before we recorded, I kind of checked out, uh, you know, what this was all about. There's a band out of Belgium called Entering Polaris, and they came out with a two CD release. I guess within the last week or so, and there, each CD has a, its own title: uh, "Atlantean Shores," and the second disc is "And Silently the Age Did Pass." Uh, it, it's it's a touch of prog metal, a touch of power metal. It's mixed by uh, Simone Malari from um, DGM and Michael Romeo, etc. You know, kind of a 
mixer master extraordinaire, but check out this lineup of vocalists that he got on this thing. And sometimes you don't even need to hear the music. You just need to see who's playing on it. And then all of a sudden you get curious. Um, Mike Anderson from Cloudscape. Um, this is a band I haven't heard in a long time. Heard but, about but, in a long but time. A very, but a very, very good vocalist, in my opinion. Uh, Sindre Nedlin from In Vain. Thomas Vickstrom from Therion. A guy by the name of Roy Kahn. I think you've heard of him. Uh, Henrik Ferber. He's a real new up, up and comer. Up and, yeah. uh, the singer from Anubisgate. The singer from Subsignal. A guy by the name of Fabio Leone that you may have heard. A guy by the name I don't of, know. By guy by the name of Lance King, George Newhauser from Serenity, uh, a, a metal exchange alum, John Yelland. I mean, it is like a wow, crazy diverse cast of singers on this thing. So I'm I'm gonna grab both out al- both albums and I'll let you know how it is. I'm I'm the singers are what are gonna draw me to this thing. I'm extremely curious to hear it. Yeah, well, we have talked in the past. Like sometimes you see that list of singers and that it's sometimes difficult to live up to the expectation you build just based on who is involved. So uh, hopefully it lives up to the, like I would say expectations should be lofty based on the names that you just mentioned. And it will probably fall short, but how do I not give this a listen? You know, it's, sure. like, it's, it's one of those things, but um, before we, uh, before we delve any deeper into what we did listen to, I, I, I can tell you, um, you, you, are a trooper for indulging me with this choice that I, that I picked this week. Uh, we are recording over the weekend on Sunday. I will be going to see this band for the third time live. I saw them twice on 70,000 tons of metal back in 2020. Uh, and, and because of the name of the tour, namely uh, the name of this album, I have a feeling that they will play much of it on uh, this U S run of shows. And, and the band is emperor and I'm not going to spend the entire time going through the history of this band and black metal just because it is so crazy that, quite frankly, others have done a much better job than I. I remember watching the documentary, and I think it came out probably 15 years ago, but it's called Until the Light Takes Us All. And it's really a documentary on the rise and fall of black metal in Norway in the 1990s. And obviously, Emperor is front and center. I highly recommend watching that. It was a little disturbing, but highly entertaining at the same time. I'll just say that this, this album came out in 1997, three years after their, what can otherwise only be described as like a completely revolutionary in many ways, debut album in the nightside eclipse. And and I have no doubt that the band would have wanted to release material faster, but the guitar player was in prison I mean, the story is just absolutely batshit crazy. I won't get into it, but the while sending demos to one another in prison, um, you know, in short, Samoth, the guitar player, and Isan, who everybody knows for his vocal work and his guitar work and obviously his songwriting, they're the two masterminds behind this band. And eventually this album comes out on July 8th, 1997. So almost 26 years ago to the day as we talk about this. You've heard the name of the band. You, we have mutual friends that are big fans. I, I know I'm going to see one of them, Caleb, at, at the show on Sunday. Talk to me about like what you knew about this band going into the week, if anything. Uh, you know, I knew that Isan was in Emperor. Uh, I didn't know that Emperor had so little recorded material. I was shocked to see that they've only 
made four albums in their history. And it's a band that's so um, revered as like one of the greatest black metal bands ever. This album is considered possibly the greatest black metal album ever. I will say if this is the best black metal album ever, <laughs> I don't know that I'm ever going to be a big fan of black metal. This is- but you like the dissection. Like in other words, you, you I'm not saying you were going to go, dive into it and go do the whole discography. Yeah. I, I, there were elements of it that you appreciate. Yeah. And I, I can see the appeal. It's just, to me, it's just, a, uh, it's a little bit, just, it's a little bit too chaotic uh, for me. Um, honestly, the vocals don't really bother me. I, I think it's impressive that anyone could do that. Uh, <laughs> well, whatever but, um, that is. Yeah. But I, the, the music itself wasn't really surprising. It was pretty much what, I was, uh, what I was expecting. Um, but, um, this really was my first like deep dive into an emperor album. Although I have listened to many like Isan albums in the past. And, um, I've always been amazed at his, how good his, um, clean vocals are and how impressive his, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know if screams would even be the, the right word for what he does. Like squeals, maybe. I, I don't know. It's, it's impressive, whatever that he can open his mouth and, and, that just comes out it's so guttural and so uh it's so intense but um yeah it's i do appreciate the symphonic nature of it um it's just uh it's just not going to be my favorite thing in the world although i I didn't dislike it and i I, it's not going to be my lowest ranked album since we started doing this i'll just i'll say that the reason and i appreciate that let me just say this. There were a couple of things specifically about this album. And, and there's a re- not only did I choose it because of the tour, but I, I think you'd have a much more difficult time with their debut, which is also right up there is probably their two quote unquote best albums. I think most would agree uh, revolutionary, certainly for the, for the time, but there were elements of this. And I'm going to go through them as we kind of go through the songs that I thought might kind of attract you to this. And I'm wondering if when we talk about it, you will say, you know what, that kind of makes sense and I'll, I'll get there. But um, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that maybe you can uh, explain this better than what my brain was able to take away from it. But I will say I, I talked to Caleb and he, um, he, it was his opinion that Prometheus would have been a better diving off point, but um, that's his opinion, and, and, I, and I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't listen to that. it, so I don't know. And, and as we get later into their discography, it turns more into like the Nissan type of sound, which is, dare I say, slightly more accessible than even this. This is chaotic. There's no question about it. There are blast beats all over the place, and I have to say. The, the drumming on this album, and the drummer's name is Trim, is nothing short of incredible just because how the hell do you do that for – and again, I know it's broken up in the studio, but it's basically 43 minutes of an in-your-face assault. Um, the bass player, Alver, you can barely hear on the thing, but it's it's the Isan and Samoth show with the drums behind it for, for all intents and purposes. There are heavy uses of orchestration here, and I thought that that might be one of the things that – kind of stuck out but also there are breaks in the action before they kind of go full throttle again which help at least break up the monotony of that of that chaotic or franticness now i don't know that it makes it any less um 
I don't know that it makes the rest more palatable, but at least there are breaks in the action here and there because if it was 43 minutes of the same thing, I could understand why this would not be anyone's cup of tea, if that makes sense. Yes, I agree. And also, like I think without the symphonic elements, it would have been a lot more difficult to to digest or, or enjoy for me. I think that kind of at least made it a little bit... Um, a little bit more enjoyable, but uh, to me, like eighty-five to ninety percent of this album is what I would call the "if anxiety had a soundtrack." <laughs> would you say that it was indiscernible from one another? I'd say a lot of the songs to me were sounded kind of the same, although there is one that um, that I'm going to choose for my song of the week that I thought stuck out in its um in its difference from the rest i I Um, bet i can name what it is and when we get there i'll name it yeah uh i'm sure you can um but uh in general it's just to me just like this just fast paced um just like you said that i feel like the drums are really the kind of the most prominent part of this because it's just like this drum like destruction this this like just fast just this, I mean, it's really impressive stuff. Um, and then just fast, just fast guitar riffs with Isan just screaming. Like it, it's just chaotic and and a little bit scary. And if you had if you played this for me at the time that it came out, which incidentally was like right around the time that I started listening to metal. Um, and a little uh, peek behind the curtain, we're going to talk about that first mixtape that. Uh, Ralph made for me and that I shared with the rest of our group of friends that kind of started the whole, you know, uh, metal uh, obsession for, for us. Um, That's going to be a bonus episode before the end of the month. And we're hoping that uh, Ralph will actually join us too. Uh, We're going (laughs) to, we're going to like read off the names of the songs that he chose, which I promise he will not remember. He is a uh, admittedly horrible memory. So, um, It'll be fun, but anyway, um, I if I had heard this at that time, I think I my my the chances of me getting into metal would have decreased uh, exponentially. Well, I, I could I get that I get that I get that it makes complete sense. Um, we'll, we'll talk, I guess, at the end about some of the accolades this album has received, but I, I just want to jump into it. And and typically, I don't spend a lot of time on intro tracks. I really don't. We usually kind of gloss over it and get into the meat and potatoes of the album. But I think that this one is so different in, in so many ways. I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. The the the, the starting track, and I'm going to butcher this, Alstar The Oath, uh, better known as just The Oath, is a four-minute and 18-second intro that if I'm being honest with you is one of my all time favorite lead in tracks on any album. And I'm going to explain why it starts off. So upbeat and almost like you're taking this stroll through a beautiful forest. And then it gets so dark so quickly. And I just love the dichotomy because it really is almost preparing you for the next 38 minutes of this album, because the way it, they almost had the foresight, like we're going to start off one way and then it's just going to turn evil and wicked and dark. And it reminded me in certain ways of The More by Opeth, which is their debut 
or the first song on Still Life, one of their best albums, and how it kind of just progressively gets dark at the beginning of that song. Um, but the difference is the way that the music here is just blending in with the guitar, the, the sound effects and the guitar tones. It is just a perfect prelude in my mind. And um, I, I, I just wanted to know if you could appreciate like that dichotomy between like the, the good and the evil that this would ultimately turn into for the next, you know, seven or eight tracks. Yeah. I mean, it was like you said, it was like a nice stroll through a forest and then someone came in and lit the forest on fire, um, <laughs> which is pretty much what they would do at the time, which is why, and needless to say, uh, a lot of these guys wound up in prison. So I get it. And usually it wasn't forest, but the churches, the churches in the forest, but, um, I mean, you got a little bit of everything here. You got fake trumpets. You got like, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I love it. I just think it's a great intro track. And then, and then we get into the first proper track, easily considered one of their best songs, uh, Yay and Transperium. This, this was one of the few songs that not only did Isan and Samoth write, you know, and they, and they wrote the bulk of this album. They really wrote all of it, but they actually gave writing credits to, to Euronymous, which I thought was really, really interesting. And for those that don't know who that is, he was the guitar player from Mayhem, who's one of the black metal pioneers who was murdered three years before this album came out. But because it was his riff and they basically just took it, they actually gave him writing credits post, uh, you know, postmortem, which I thought was a very nice gesture, all things considered. These black metal guys sure can be classy. I mean, <laughs> um, I could, I, I was shocked. I actually like dug into some of this and, and found out that he was murdered by his own bandmate or former yeah. bandmate, which is crazy. Um, I, I don't really, I probably know even less about uh, mayhem than I do about emperor, but um, that that's a, that's a wild that sounds like a real wild story. Um, it is. And, and I, I'll go back to until the light takes us all. It's, it's all in that documentary. It's definitely worth watching, but um, I, I gotta be honest with you. The, w the one thing that emperor did a little bit differently than some of the uh, predecessors like mayhem, they, it didn't sound like it was recorded on a four track. Now I'll admit I, I did listen to the remastered version. That's the version of the album I have. It has three bonus tracks on it, but I think that it sounds better than a lot of the stuff that was coming up out, you know, coming out in the early nineties, like bands like mayhem, which just sounded like garbage. And it was almost like they wore it as a badge of honor. The worse it sounded on a four track, the more they wanted to put it out. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's, I, this is the kind of stuff that I was hoping to learn from you because, um, I, again, like I, I, this is really like, uh, not, my milieu. So, um, I, I was hoping that I would at least learn a few things. And, uh, so far I am. So to that end, we, we, we kind of leave the forest and we go into this second track, which is, can, can really just be described as nothing more than like a brutal assault on the senses. I mean, this thing is basically when you think of symphonic black metal, this this is it. And there's no punches. I mean, this thing punches you in the face from the first note. Blast beats all over the place. And then that that fucking scream that Isan lets out to start off this song. I mean, like, it's nothing short of incredible. I can't wait to hear this song live again. Um, and, and, and that riff, I mean, I, I know it was borrowed or stolen or what have you, but it's just the powerful, powerful riff. Um, and the song is just so, so fast and heavy. 
But for me, and maybe this is because I've listened to this album for years now, oddly melodic. And I think that some of his solo material, especially his early solo material, reminds me a lot of a better produced version of a song like this. And and I think that the keyboards kind of help accentuate the melody despite the chaos. Did, did that help you at all? Did the keyboards kind of like reel you in or kind of ground you? Or was it just so chaotic that it was hard to appreciate? <laughs> it's, it's somewhere in between those things. Maybe. Okay. I, I, I don't think it was hard to appreciate. It was just, um, it was just a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, I do know that this is a song that, um, Isan has played as part of his solo act, so that what you said might, you know, might have rung true for him. That it kind of fits his more of it, like what his solo material is. But um, I, to me, this felt fairly similar to the preceding track. Um, Interesting, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know that I have much else to uh, to say about well, it. But um, I'll just you say know, one I, thing. The, there's in the middle of this song, there's this like riff and keyboard combo. And every time I hear it, I think of the Wizard of Oz where they're like assaulting <laughs> the castle. And I don't know why, but I can't like separate the two. I do like how it also slows down during the bridge and you get some cleans here, which is not something you I, I, I recall hearing on their debut. And I've listened. I have. It's been a, you know, a couple of years since I've listened to it. But if they me, played this song in The Wizard of Oz, those flying monkeys would have been even more terrifying. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I, I knew that this would be a harder song to kind of um, c- come around on. And although it's a song of the week candidate for me, I, I went in a different direction. And it leads into the next track, which is, I believe, the one track you might have known from the album, Thus Spake the Night Spirit. Is, is Did you know this track? Um, sort of. Um, I think, um, again, this. I think this was one of the songs that Isan played uh, on his solo tour. So I think I've listened to it in anticipation of seeing Isan, which I didn't end up doing. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it is what it is. I, I don't know. It, it's kind of, I feel like it was, it was similar to the prior. Yeah. Like it, it just, just more brutality. Uh, well, just- uh, the difference is at least for me. And again, I'll only speak for myself. Whereas the first song is really just this onslaught for like the better part of, you know, five minutes. This one I think is a little bit shorter and almost like a dark march to death. And I know that that's really going to attract people to listening to this, but I think that that intro with the trumpet, really cool. I love it. And you then you kind of like juxtapose that with the fact that that first lot verse, that first vocal line here again, absolutely terrifying. But again, for black metal, very, very melodic. I do hear in the guitar solos, especially they have this, uh, for lack of a better term, I, I hear it as like merciful fate worship. And, and we covered merciful fate in the archives. I don't know if you can hear that in the guitar work, but I think between that guitar tone and the drums that really drive this thing around, I, I think that this is a really good tune. And I think it's one that um, if I'm not mistaken, they may have even done a, they do a video for this song, if I'm not mistaken. They, I, I feel like this might have been something they, um, no, I guess not. But like, it, I, I think it could have been a video, you know, for in, in that little dark metal 
that black metal circle. I don't know that it was going to be on MTV, but I think that they could have easily done a video for this song. Uh, I think they did a video for the loss and curse of reverence, according yes. to um, Wikipedia. So I don't know if they did any more than that, but um, fairly certain that was the only one. Yeah, I I I didn't know speak was a word until I heard this song. So <laughs> that's something that. new I learned. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much my takeaway. I I, I found I found that th- this and um, and uh, ye and trans imperium. God, did I say that right? Um, you did. Yeah, I just found that both of them were to me fairly similar and just um, equally as uh, as intense and brutal as one another. Um, Fair enough. And again, like I, I actually, I actually do see what the appeal of this band is. I think that I think I would personally enjoy it a lot more live after a few drinks i feel like that would well i've got something i think i would enjoy that more Um, i think i have an uh, extra ticket for sunday so if you'll be (laughs) if you'll indulge me i'll buy the beer and you could enjoy the show no but kidding aside i i i think it is definitely a sight and sound to behold live i can definitely yeah well i also think seeing the people in the crowd is is part of part of the uh excitement too i'm sure like I, I can't imagine there isn't some semblance of moshing and crowd surfing and just complete mania. So it's funny you mentioned that. They're playing at a venue in New York City in Brooklyn called the King's Theater. And it's a beautiful theater. It's all seats. There's no floor. There will be no moshing at this show. In fact, everyone wow. will be. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I, I thought that they would play a big, you know, kind of ballroom, but it's not. It's It's a theater. And it's, you know, it, it, think of it as like a mini Radio City Music Hall. It, it is an absolute... Well, at least you won't have to fear for your life if you decide to get too close. Or it, there you go. And although, I, I the, ironically, the room holds 3,000 people. So I don't know how... I mean, that is a large crowd if they if they, if they manage to pull this off. But Is it sold out or close to it? Or do we know? I or? don't know. I can certainly get back to you. I know that um, tickets were not cheap. I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's what Caleb had said, too. Um Interesting. I look forward to hearing what you have to say about it after uh, after it's over. You um, you will get my full review. I, I think that as we kind of get back into the album for a second, you know my thoughts when bands spell things the wrong way. It is like a pet peeve <laughs> of mine. And, and Emperor does that. And it's funny because you think with a black metal band, they wouldn't go into – I mean, there's enough gimmicks. They don't need to be spelling chaos with a K, but alas – here we are, ensorcelled by chaos with a K. This is a very raw song. It's a very cold song. Um, a, a touch slower, I think, than the, the songs that precede it. But it is, in my opinion, more frenetic than the prior two. The keyboards um, are so chaotic that they almost feel like they're playing a completely different song than the rest of the band. It is like night and day like between those two. And I do like how about a minute and a half into the song, it turns kind of theatrical in a way and almost like more focused. And I actually prefer that style because I think that you can retain the core of the black metal, but without like being completely chaotic. Um, I think that the instrumental section here is very, very haunting. And, you know, it's almost like you're going through a haunted house in many ways. Uh, The double bass drum here is just a little exhausting at this point. And although I think it's in a decent song, it's probably my least favorite on the album. And I'm wondering if you could 
what was it more chaotic than the, than the songs prior, or is it just me? It was less chaotic with a K. Um, <laughs> I, I I actually not counting the intro. I this is my favorite song thus far. I actually really? like it better than the previous two because I feel like it um it slows. I think it slows down a little bit. It, it does. It brings it down to more of a medium pace, which I appreciate. Um, I think the 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 or the orchestrations and the the keyboards kind of um, give it a little bit more of a palatable flavor for me and while like it does get chaotic again towards the end i just thought it was a little bit easier to digest um than the previous two tracks um i will um give the chaos with a k a little bit of a pass because if you ever watched get smart uh which i did when i was a kid on nick at night uh the the criminal organization chaos was spelled k a o s so um I, i'm i'm willing to uh give that one a pass but um i think that uh to sum this one up in the words of pat gravino keep ensorcelling <laughs> um I, I i can appreciate the 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 slowing down and why that might appeal to you um that brings us to the to the quote unquote single. It had actually been released, I think, as as an EP or as a single a few months before the album came out. And the song, of course, is called "The Loss and Curse of Reverence." I have never seen an Emperor music video. I really will be posting it this week. I'll just say this: this is my song of the week. I don't know that it's my favorite song, but it's the song that jumped out to me the most this week. Has it been on one of your Power Hours yet? Mine, pro- I don't think I've ever used an Emperor video, but I know Caleb must have. Um, I'm actually looking to see. Uh, I'm, I'm doing running a search through the power. Now, he's used one Emperor video for the song "Empty," um, and that's that's it. That's that, that's that's the. I also like used um, I also used a leverage song called "Emperor." There um, you go. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a missed opportunity. I want to share my thoughts on this song, but before I do, let's uh, let's give the loss and curse of reverence a listen. This song starts off not at a hundred miles an hour, but possibly at a thousand miles an hour with this really <laughs> interesting riff and sound effect combo. Um, but what I think the orchestration on arguably on this track more than any other pops so much and just kind of helps separate this tune from the one that preceded it. Uh, midway through, there's this like folky passage, which I never really expected, but it almost reminds you of like a dark circus in many ways. Um, and I think it just helps break up the onslaught very, very nicely. 
Uh, and then, of course, they come back with a vengeance with this, you know, out of control guitar solo. I just think this is a really memorable track um, on a very, very good album if you're into this sort of thing. I like this song more than the um, first two. Yeah, not again, not counting the intro. Um, I don't know what it is about it. It, it felt a, maybe slightly less insane um, and just a little bit easier to to kind of comprehend, or maybe I'm just getting used to it as the, as I'm getting deeper into the, the album, but um, this is not a bad tune by, by any stretch. Um, just, uh, I do really, like I mentioned before, I appreciate the, the little touches of um, keyboards and orchestrations and, and stuff that kind of keeps a little bit of, of a symphonic kind of uh, vibe that it's not just straight up black metal that I think I just would out and out not enjoy. And I think that that makes sense why this track was a little more enjoyable for you. Uh, I'm wondering if the acclamation of Bonds gives you that same type of feeling because here the intro is slowed down quite a bit. And I think that that's a phenomenal contrast. It feels like they're building to something on this song. And then sure enough, in your face, melodic keyboard laden tune, but like, there's a lot of progginess on this track, and I think it's because of some of the more diverse drum beats and some of the odd time signatures that they use. Um, but in, in a way, it almost adds to the charm of this track. I think it's one of the most underrated, maybe the most underrated on the album. Um, obviously, Isan sounds like a man possessed here, and the you know I think that's to be expected at this point. But these bells kick in all out of nowhere and almost like... It's almost like they just go into For Whom the Bell Tolls out of nowhere, even between not only the keyboards, but the riff itself. And then they go back into the the chaos. But something about this track, I don't think it gets the love that it otherwise should on an album that, you know, I think people usually gravitate towards other songs. I definitely got that Metallica uh, vibe as well. Um yeah, it's. I, I mean, again, I think it kind of goes. It's kind of in that same vein as as these um these just you know real, fat you know faster, heavier, chaotic tunes. Um, but uh, I, I thought the song was pretty good too. I I, I kind of put it in the same uh, kind of the same realm as as the previous uh, the previous song. Um, so it sounds like it starts off a little um, difficult for you to swallow, or just you know, kind of hard as you ease yourself in, but it seems like the last two or three tracks you've been more, um, I don't know, just like, it seems like it's picking up a little bit steam for you as we get towards the back end of the album. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think maybe it's just that like, it, it was like too much too quickly (laughs) when the album started, you know, you have like this really kind of, um, spooky, but, but fairly mellow intro. And then it just like, and it just like explodes like it, it, and, it's it's very jarring, especially if it's not like your style of of music. But I think I'm kind of like settling in now, and it's just kind of like I know what to expect. I don't think anything's going to surprise me. I mean, really, just after ye, the ye and uh, trans imperium. I mean, there, I don't know that there's really anything that should be surprising after you after <laughs> that track. Like you know, you fair. you know, like they they pretty much set the tone right from the get go. Um, but again, yeah, this is another. Um, so, solid tune. Uh, I, I would argue that um, if you're not going to have an acclamation of bonds, you should at least have an, an honorific of stocks. <laughs> I, I like that. Um, as we get towards the last 
full length track on the album. And by full length, I mean like the last, you know, I don't know, like the last real song on the album with strength. I burn. This is like the Epic on the album. It's over eight minutes and 15 seconds long. And yet my prediction is that it winds up being your song of the week, which is just really bizarre. Am I right? Or am I off? You are right. Um, Although, to be honest with you, up until today, my song of the week was going to be the uh, instrumental bonus track. <laughs> I had a feeling you were thinking that. <laughs> um, but, why? Um, why? Go ahead. Why, what? So I, I have my reasons as to why I thought you might like this track. And it's just, again, it's interesting because when you think about it, it's 20% of the album in terms of length. But tell me why with Strength I Burn is your, is your track of the week. A uh, couple of things. I mean, first of all, there's just easily the most prevalence of clean vocals on the on the uh the album um which is fine i actually don't think the clean vocals are that great it's just i think that they're kind of a welcome change after this like you know 40 minutes or so or however long it's been 30 minutes or so of just brutal screaming um but i also just think that the pace and the the gate of the the song it's again kind of um Harkening back to Ensorcelled by Chaos, it's a little bit more on that kind of tempo. And um, it even kind of slows down a bit in the middle. And because it's longer, it has more, um, I think, more parts to it to kind of make the, you know, have different parts that stick out. Um, So to me, like, oddly enough, you know, I would have probably been surprised to say that the, I didn't even realize this was by far the longest track. Like, it it really kind of moved at a nice at a nice, uh, a nice pace. I don't know. I, I just kind of liked it. Um, and it really hit me today. I, I listened to this album six times. I, and every time I'm just kind of like hoping that something would just click with me. I've listened to it on headphones. I've listened to it in the car. I've listened to it while working. I've listened to it while playing Grand Theft Auto. Um, it is, it's, it's a very, it's very dense and it's very, it's just a lot to take in. And I think, I really wanted to, uh, we would have probably recorded sooner, but I just really wanted to make sure, I think I just hit a wall and I was like, this is as far as I'm going to get. And, and uh, I don't know that listening to it another five times would have made much more of a, a difference. But um, if, if you were going to ask me to listen to um, a song from this album, you know, in the future, I would most definitely choose this one. I like it. Let's give it a listen. And then when we come back, I'll, I'll share my thoughts. This is a very, very ambitious tune for a black metal band. 
it's not my favorite on the album, but I do like it quite a bit. And it reminds me of something that Arcturus was doing around the same time, which quite frankly is the, the, the Sham Mirrors by Arcturus, which is another album I think we should cover down the line, down the line, um, is the first black metal album I ever purchased. And I purchased it like I think when we were in high school, which is just goes to show you I had it in my collection and I would always go back to it and I just never quite got it. But it's it's I think I'd appreciate it a lot more now for sure. As you said, definitely a liberal use of cleans. And there was stuff that would Although I'll say this, as good as the cleans are, I think his vocals got much better over the years. Like this is a very oh, young, absolutely. raw Isan. Um, it's interesting. Around three minutes and 45 seconds in, the song slows down. And I actually got a Rhapsody vibe. Of all bands, I got a Rhapsody vibe, which ironically, their debut was coming out the same year. But I have no doubt that the two have nothing to do with one another. But I, it, that's what it <laughs> reminded me of. And I thought that they were experimenting here, but it kept it fresh in many ways. Um, you know, two minutes later, it would just get super heavy with these brutal riffs and these, you know, before the rest of the band chimes in again. It's it was all a good over- way to br- break things up too, because, yeah. you know, I think like eight minutes of just like the eight minutes of thus spake the night spirit were just like your head would explode. Yeah. And then it, 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 and it's essentially, like I said, the last song, which is kind of a cool way to end it before the wanderer, which is this slow instrumental, not outro. the cover of Dion and the Belmonts. <laughs> not, no, no, <laughs> no, not at all. But it's this slow instrumental outro, which is like, kind of like the, the, the cookie that you know think of it as an oreo with that intro that's four minute intro and then this wanderer outro the album's really like a big cookie when you think about it and what color are oreos black and white so i mean it just makes complete sense to me but it lets you kind of take a breather and just appreciate everything that came before it because i think that if they would have went out like a thousand miles an hour it would have definitely lost something but because they went in and out a little bit slower it helped everything in the middle kind of marinate if you will until we get to the end of this album yeah i i like this outro um i i feel like if this was an completely instrumental album i think that it would be a little bit less overwhelming but i just think when you throw on those crazy isan screams on top of the wild guitar and the thundering drums it's so overwhelming that like i feel like if you took out any one of those three elements, it might be a little bit more palatable. And I think that this track, while it's more of a kind of a mid-tempo kind of song, it kind of shows that like there is a lot of mus- musicianship here. It's not just chaos for the sake of chaos. So um, a, a really cool outro, and I think it I think it fits really well at the end of of the with strength I I burn tune to kind of um, finish off with with that. I may very well pick Prometheus at some point. Not not soon, but at some point because there are a lot of – the elements that you seem to be enjoying from this album is very prevalent on Prometheus. So that might just be the album that you need to kind of get you over the hump with these guys. Um, just just kind of a you know my thoughts. I'll, I'll just say a few words about two of the bonus tracks, the first being In Longing Spirit. I have no idea why this is a bonus track. I actually like this track a lot. Although, to be fair, I don't know where it would have been placed on the album proper because it really doesn't belong anywhere. And I think that it would have broken up the flow um, in many ways if it, you just stuck it in the middle of the album. But this is is very much in line with his solo material that would come out 
um, years later, obviously. But I, I, I do think this is a really good song, and it's a little more theatrical and a little less black metal. And I have a feeling that it was probably something that was easily digestible for you and, and probably something you liked quite a bit. Yeah, it was good. Um, a little bit, again, like another more of a, a generally mid-tempo kind of song, which I just seem to have enjoyed more than the more fast, which is funny because I'm usually a faster, like I like fast music generally, but I think in, when it comes to black metal, it's almost like too much. Um, and too so fast. like I kind of like it when they like bring it down a notch and, and it, it, I can kind of, I could kind of take it in without feeling overwhelmed. And I think this is another uh, track that kind of falls under that, um, under that, that, that category. I mean, um, you know, for me, like I would say ensorcelled by chaos with strength, I burn and probably this in longing spirit were probably my three favorite songs on the album. And they were probably three of the slowest songs on the album. If you don't count the intro and the outro. Yeah, I, I think that's very well said. Uh, the other bonus track is called Opus A Satana, which is essentially an orchestral version of Inno A Satana from their debut album, um, which I spoke about earlier, In the Nightside Eclipse. No vocals on this one. Very different sound than than the you know the song on the debut, but a, a kind of a cool re- instrumental rendition of, of one of their, if not their most famous song from that debut album. Yeah, I like this a lot actually. Um it it makes me wonder if if you strip down this whole album and and all the songs made versions of all these songs that like in this orchestral kind of way like I feel like it would just first of all it would sound it probably would sound like almost unrecognizable but also I think you'd really appreciate the musicianship and just like the really good just music writing that was that was done here that i think maybe gets lost in the chaos well to that end i think you need to make a deeper dive into his isan solo material because if you appreciate the the songwriting for what it is on a track like this you're going to eat up a lot of his solo material and i know you probably have exposure to some of it but like yeah it's... i actually really enjoyed his most recent ep uh, I, the th- all there was one track from it that um, if it's not on a playlist that I've put out yet, it will be that I really, really liked. Um, so yeah, I am a fan of, of certain things that that Isan does. Um, but yeah, I to be honest, I don't know that if I don't know that I know any of his albums start to finish all yeah, that well. But that I will say sense. I really did. It's it's actually in contention for my EP of the year. If you can wow, that. no kidding. That's that I was not, <laughs> not that there was like a ton of competition but um i just really enjoyed all three songs that's great um scale of one to ten what what are you rating this album um i you know i I was struggling and it kind of slowly went from like a five and it 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 reached about a 6.5 that's which is where i'm gonna land um it's a slightly higher than what i gave the dissection album i believe i gave that one a a six um in all honesty, I don't really even remember it that well, but um, the stuff that I liked, I really liked. Um, it's just, uh, it was just like the experience was generally overwhelming. Um, but uh, I, I, again, I see the appeal. Um, it's not my, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but um, I didn't dislike it at all. Um, I thought it was slightly above average. 
I want to first thank you for taking the time to to go down this rabbit hole with me because never I, again. Yeah, I know it was not the <laughs> easiest thing to digest, but I'll say this: the fact that it did go up a point or a point and a half is telling that I think if you spend time with it, you can get to an average score or a, you know a slightly you know around an average score, which I think is very very impressive. Number two. Um, I will say that for my money, I think this is probably the best black metal album I've ever heard. That being said, I can't listen to it twice in a row. I would drive my, I, like in other words, in small doses, I love it. And then I can't listen to it for a while. But then I go back to it and I just absolutely adore it. So for me, it's actually like an 8.25, which is probably the highest score that I'll ever give a black metal album because it's just not my cup of tea. But an 8.25 is, I think, where it, needs to be because it is I, I think there's some brilliance on here and i i truly enjoy this album and i i hope that they play at least half if not more of it uh on sunday when i go see them which will be the day before this podcast is released for most people that are not on our patreon so that's my score uh appreciate you, you taking the time to listen to it with me and i i think we'll have something that you like a little bit better next week because it was a Patreon request and we know what it is, but before we get there, I want to, I want to just mention a couple of news items. The first um, ice age out at Prague power, the reticent has been named as their replacement. They're a band out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ric Flair country. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of these guys. They have a really interesting sound. It's like prog metal, prog rock with a touch of alt rock. I actually think you might like them quite a bit. Um, but, uh, I just wanted to mention them because they are in the fold. They came out with, uh, I think they have three or four albums at this point. They've been around for, for close to 20 years. Yeah. I remember hearing of them. Um, but I'm not really super familiar. I have one of their older albums from like 11 years ago. I didn't realize that they'd been around as long as they have, but, uh, I'll give them a, I'll give them a listen. I'd be honest with you, man. I really dug the the new Ice Age album, and I was kind of interested to see how they would be live. Um, I was kind of shocked at how much I enjoyed the album, especially my predilection for Prague not being quite what yours is. But um, I thought it was a really good album, and uh, it was disappointing to hear that they aren't going to play. Um, but uh, I know there's a lot of people that really like the reticence. So good for them for getting on the, the lineup and uh, they'll be uh, opening up Wednesday night. So that should be good. Nice. I, I, I agree with that. I will say this um, transitioning to bands that did not get as high a score as Emperor Anthrax. Um, John Bush has said that uh, he would really like to celebrate um the end of, or I should say his era in Anthrax, that it's, quote, something I would like to do before I die. Would you have any interest in seeing Anthrax if John Bush was fronting them for a tour or two? I would watch uh, John Bush sing opera if the opportunity <laughs> arose. I, I think he's just a wonderful vocalist and, uh, a, and a, a hell of a... Front man. Oh, my God. Just, yeah, the energy he brings to a, a live setting is is really impressive i i like him a lot um i definitely would like to do a an episode about uh a a bush era anthrax album um i don't know that it's the vocals that i particularly didn't love about the album we did um talk about but um i'd be curious to hear it plus it would probably be a little bit more modern than 
the uh the album we heard but um yeah i mean uh i i i would i would check out uh i would check that out it would be interesting to see if that was something they would be willing to do uh live um but uh yeah that would be very cool i uh would love to see it i think that when he sings live he's one of the most powerful singers i've ever heard live and, I, and you know no spring chicken but he still is able to bring it live like no other and i think that that's really just um Quite frankly, I think that he makes Armored Saint a good band, fantastic, just because of his presence and his the power behind his vocals. So very, very, very cool stuff. And then yeah, we're, la- we're due for an Armored Saint episode too. I would, oh, I would say absolutely. I, I I actually almost picked Symbol of Salvation about six times, but I wind up picking other things. But in due time. Uh, and then just one other little bit of news for the Lacuna Coil fans. Uh, don't hold your breath. The new album is not coming this year. It's, it's looking like 2024 for their next album. That's another band, which, you know, I, I, the reason I bring this up as a news item is because their, um, their sound in many ways, I think is a big influence on the band that we are going to do next week. I feel like without Lacuna Coil, this other band may not have the sound that they do. Um, you want to tell everyone what it is we're covering next week? Absolutely. Uh, we have a, um, this was a request from one of our uh, one of our patrons, Amy, who um, wanted to um, wanted us to go to do an ad infinitum album, and since she couldn't pick one, she picked all three. So uh, we're going to talk about um, all three albums. Uh, also, um, in preparation and ahead of their uh, performance at Prog Power, which I believe will be there. U.S. debut? Uh, is there a tour surrounding this, or if, not if that so, I'm has aware it been announced of. yet? Um, I know yeah. Melissa Bonnie, the singer, has done a number of tours at this point. That she was on seventy thousand tons last year, and she's touring with Camelot this there for their U.S. tour. But as far as I know, this is Ad Infinitum's first U.S. show, which is surprising to me because I feel like at this point they're they're on the precipice of really blowing up. So. Good for yeah. Them. Well, I think this is going to be the the first of uh, first of many. Um, kind of has that same kind of feeling that we had when like Sabaton played Prague Power for the first time, where they, it was like this band's about to to blow up. And in this country, I think it's just a, it, it was just a matter of time. So um, yeah, these are three albums that I just know for a fact that I enjoy quite a bit. So I'm looking forward to revisiting them and seeing uh, how they stack up against one another but this is going to be our first of of a of a few um prog power themed uh episodes that we, we're going to have leading into the festival uh that is just a little over two months away at this point unbelievable to think that um so we uh we have a special interview planned a, a, at least another one more uh career retrospective maybe two um but uh as we tend to do uh we're gonna do our prep work via this podcast. So uh, um, it just turns out that uh, Amy made the decision a little bit easier for us. So uh, um, I hope that this doesn't lead to more people requesting career retrospectives, but uh, this one I think is a pretty, um, 
low maintenance choice. So uh, as long as we don't get that Rush career retrospective where we oh have to God. listen to thirty. Not not that I don't love Rush, but I'm not sitting there and listening to thirty albums ten times in a week. It's just not going to happen. Well, it'll be like three months of episodes, pretty much. It's like it's it's Rush season here at the Metal Exchange. So for <laughs> we all do of four sp- albums a week, and it still yeah. takes three months for all of for all of the spring, we'll be talking about <laughs> Rush, which I'm sure our mutual friend Christina would be would love, uh, but. Uh, you know, neither here nor there. Um, there's definitely some. I would doubt. There's some Rush albums I would definitely would like to go back to. Um, particularly the um, the early '80s time, um, like the pictures. Signals and the Grace Under Pressure kind of era, where um, they kind of uh, embraced their '80sness with um, like taking the the wonder, the wonderful Rush sound, and and getting like getting that that keyboard that kind of new wave kind of keyboard vibe i mean subdivisions and distant early warning are two of my favorite songs by any band of all time so i'm very curious about um a lot of these other songs i'm not as familiar with um but uh it's so interesting because this band has so many like stylistic eras um so there's a little little sidebar there but um yeah, looking forward to this uh, ad infinitum, and I'm, and I'm really stoked to see them live at Prague Power. I know that we are both uh, sponsoring the band, so they obviously have been on our radar for a while, and now it uh, looks like we'll get to see them live, and um, I'm super pumped for that. Well said. Well said. Um, if you like what you hear, give us a like and a follow. It helps other people find the show. Uh, shout out to all our new patrons. We, uh, we really appreciate the support. If there's anything that you want to hear us cover, join the Patreon, send us a request. We have a list that is ever growing and we are going to make a point to get to each and every one of them at some point. And we'll probably even double up certain months in order to make sure we get through everything. So send us a uh, request. We will get to them. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, speaking of, speaking of that, of yeah. which, why don't, why don't you, uh, why don't you share what uh, we have planned for Monday? Oh, yes, absolutely. So we have our monthly group uh, Patreon chat this Monday. We're looking forward to that immensely. Uh, it'll be take if you are a Patreon, you are welcome to join the chat. It is a way for us to connect with everyone, talk about what we've been listening to. Um, talk about what we didn't like. Uh, you know, we try not to slander too many people here, but uh, we get a little more <laughs> candid in there as to uh, some of the stuff that maybe just didn't click for us. Um, and we, uh, we, we come one, come all. It'll be a good time. I, I assure you. Yeah. That. Well, we, we, we've uh, opened up the, um, the chat to, it originally was only for our top tier members. We've opened it up to our top two tiers. So hopefully we have a, uh, a bit of a bigger, um, you know, uh, group to chat. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad that we'll have a couple of new faces and, um, you know, we, we've also had a couple of new patrons since our last chat. So, uh, this will be our, our third one, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, before the end of the month, uh, we'll have, um, a, uh, a, a new, ch- uh, you know, a chat on Monday, a new bonus episode, and uh, and then we'll open up July with the Ad Infinitum career retrospective. So I like lots, lots to look forward to in the next week or so. I, I like it a lot. Enjoy the week, my friend, and uh, happy listening. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, buddy.